When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up, guys? RBT is back with another live stream. It's Monday, so the boys got to be here talking some football, some Bucks football, some NFC South news. There's a couple things to go over. The draft is right around the, around the corner. But before we touch on all that, I'm Mark Ramirez, as always, as your host. Joined, as always, my good man, Michael Pless. Pless, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. Everything is uh, fantastic right now. It's it's April. That means the NFL draft is at the end of this month. and couldn't be more happy or excited to see, you know, just the the process that's going to go down. Uh, and we're starting to see everything shape up. Like you said, you know, these trades are really dictating where players are going to go. It looks like a lot of quarterbacks are going to go early. Um, so, you know, those top top guys as far as the quarterback position are going to get gobbled up here pretty quick, you know. So it's going to be fun to see where um, everyone lands. Yeah, so we got we got a lot to talk about. I mean, it's it's only been a week since we kind of talked news, but mm-hmm. I guess let's let's address some of the questions in the chat before we go into our our normal scripted kind of thing and news. Uh, I guess because it kind of relates. So Bud Campbell mm-hmm. over here in the chat. Do you guys think now that Carolina has Darnold, should we inquire about Bridgewater coming to Tampa? That's that's a big one. But yeah. before we get into that, so he was mentioning how. Now that Sam Darnold is in Carolina. So let's talk about that. New York Jets trade QB Sam Darnold to Carolina Panthers for three draft picks. You read that, you're like, oh, they get a whole bunch of firsts. I didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> All they got was a, a second round pick next year, fourth rounder next year. You can see right here. Mm-hmm. And a six round pick this year. Right. That, that seems so cheap for a number three overall pick. But so the Panthers pick up Sam Darnold, number three overall quarterback in 2018 this was the mm. final year under todd bowles correct so not a good record i couldn't believe that they fired bowles with a rookie quarterback you can see his numbers on the screen not the best but i mean he's he's had crap to work with mainly so what is your opinion yeah. on, first of all sam darnold joining the nfc south which i think it's going to be <laughs> hell for him but what do you think yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, you go. I mean, I'm sure he's happy. It's a it's a much better situation than New York is right now because of just you know they're they're rebuilding and they have a lot of pieces that they have to add. And you come to an offense, 
you know, in Carolina that has, you know, something to work with. You've got Christian McCaffrey, so you can hand the ball off and, you know, be, you know, maybe more efficient because you have a running game. And then also you look at the receiving court that they have, you know, DJ Moore's a consistent guy that can get open. Um, you have uh, Ronnie, Ronnie, uh, is it Ronnie Anderson? Yeah, Ronnie Anderson, uh, the receiver. Yeah, so um, they have him and, you know, so you got some pieces. Uh, but as far as Sam goes, I mean, it's just going to be interesting to see what Joe Brady, the offense coordinator, can do with him. And, you know, can he make him better? Uh, you know, he's had a lot of inconsistency with New York as far as coordinators and, you know, offensive lines and pieces going everywhere. So it will just uh, remain to be seen. But, I mean, he's facing a tough defense uh, coming up in, in Tampa Bay twice a year you know, a team that's going to get after him and, and blitz him constantly. So uh, it should be fun. Um, and, and as far as Teddy Bridgewater, if I, if we can, I guess, answer that, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't see him as a potential backup option for us. I mean, he's got a big contract, so you, I don't know if he gets cut. I don't know if they eat that money and maybe he signs cheap for somewhere else. I mean, if he's a free agent, maybe you look into it, but I wouldn't trade for him. I wouldn't offer up assets. I mean, he's, this is final year of his two-year deal. So, yeah, do they cut him or do they keep him just to have a co- competition p- between Darnold and him? I think Bridgewater did okay last year. I don't, I don't see how you think Darnold's going to be the one that pushes him over the top or pushes him out of his position. I think mm-hmm. Bridgewater's more than okay, especially with a new offense instilled, new coach, new everything. Yeah. His defense wasn't good either. It's not to mention that. But, I mean – I think you wait on the decision. I wouldn't trade for anything right now. I mean, the Bucks are sitting pretty. Don't 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 mess with anything right now with your personnel. Mm-hmm. And with Darnold, I just think I mean Bowles took him. He knows him. I mean, it was only one year. I think he would know how to rattle him the most. I mean, Sam Darnold had what that game against the Patriots where they said he was seeing ghosts. Yeah, <laughs> I could do that. I think it's Todd Bowles in this defense. So I I, I kind of feel bad for him a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. oops. Well, I mean, yeah. hey, new quarterback, new blood. I mean, there are even rumors of us trying to go after him. I don't know if that was just fans, that was fake uh, Twitter accounts. I, I don't know what it was, but mm-hmm. that that is. It, what it, it's just yeah, it, it's just funny how how quickly the NFC quarterback or the NFC South quarterbacks have changed um, so rapidly. It's like you know the Bucks have Tom Brady. Okay, that's probably the best quarterback in the division now. And then you look at. You know, the Saints, whether it's going to be Jameis Winston or, or Taysom Hill, you know, that's a toss up. It's like, what are they doing? Um, and then you look at, you know, obviously Atlanta is still with Matt Ryan, who's still consistent, I think, and, and still a very good player, a guy that's still a threat and someone you have to worry about. But are they going to draft a quarterback? That remains to be seen. Or are they going to take someone that they can develop or, you know, maybe take over this year? Um, and now with Carolina, you look at Sam Darnold and, you know, potentially, you know, what do they do with Teddy Bridgewater? That remains to be seen. Do they take a quarterback still at eight, you know, eight overall? Um, you know, so it's going to be very interesting to see how it all plays out. But what we do know is quarterbacks are going to go early in this draft. And it looks like one through three is pretty much a lock, you know, with San Francisco moving up, you know, trading three first round picks and being very aggressive. Going up for kicker plus. <laughs> yeah, a kicker, that would be something. And, and, you know, also, you know, the rumor is Mac Jones. I don't know. I don't know if they take Mac Jones, but man, it, it would be, 
it'd be something to to see. So a lot of storylines, um, and this is what makes NFL so great. Uh, so it, it's gonna be it's gonna be really fun here coming up soon. Absolutely, I, it, the drama of it, I love it. I mean, it's almost every week there's some big trade or big up and down. Before we talk the draft, let's do one more buck buck in the news, I guess. Let's talk here. Raj P says we want mm-hmm. B not signing him is going to allow other defenses to double team. Hmm. And he also goes on, it is better with AB. So a couple other people kind of touched on it. So the news about Antonio Brown, let's think about it. He says, Buccaneers, Antonio Brown departure, departure doesn't hurt. He was actually not close to inking a deal. We heard that earlier. And then today, 10 hours ago, Russell Wilson once again wants the Seattle Seahawks to sign Antonio Brown. Hmm. I think that's the first time we've actually heard someone else other than the Bucs, Luke, I guess, keyed in with Antonio Brown's name. I I agree. Antonio Brown coming back, it's better for Brown, the team, everything mm. else. But we are also the one Project P says he's worth it. So uh, this is how I sum it up. Like, is he gonna slow down the development of everyone else behind him? Because we we do have Scotty Miller who was doing pretty dang good before Antonio Brown got here, mm. reading him clicking. Tyler Johnson showed a whole lot in the playoffs, a little bit at the end of the season. At the end of the season, so those are guys that could develop. Hell, we could even draft a guy again this year. Say it's at number thirty-two, if we trade back, there's the best player available is a Rondell Moore or mm-hmm. Elijah Moore, one of these guys that are electric. It can do like running back, wide receiver, anything. That's a, a possibility. You got to think about that. So with this AB thing, I think you just wait it out. He wants to go. Mm-hmm. Let him go. I mean, this isn't – we don't need him. I mean, I think Kraj P, like, really, really wants A.B. back. I mean, it, I, I think it's best for him, best for Antonio mm. Brown. But mm. I think it's not a need for the Buccaneers. It's more wait and see. If nothing's there, okay, Antonio, come on back. What do you think? Yeah, yeah I think it, I think the Bucs are just waiting it out. Um, you know, obviously the, the – the money is uh, different right now between both parties. Um, you know, AB wants a little bit more than the Bucks are willing to give. Uh, even you know, AB went out today and he tweeted. I think he subtweeted the Buccaneers. He's like, "Please sign, please sign me, Buccaneers," or something like that. Really? Yeah, he he said that today. So I, I think it shows like you know he wants to be here. The Bucks probably want him back as well. But again, it's just a numbers thing where. You know, they're just not being eye to eye yet. Um, so yeah, you just be patient. You, you, you know, let it play out. They'll probably wait till I'm sure after the draft and, you know, see where they are at, you know, and, and go from there. But I'm, I'm not against, you know, you know, Jason Light always drafts uh, receivers. It seems like every year. So, you know, I, I think they're in a good position no matter what. And, you know, again, the Bucks are going to do what's best for the team. And, uh, you know, we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. So, also, we're just TB12 Goat Band said there's no better number three guy in the league, and he has everything to be the one or two if someone gets hurt. No doubt. No, no doubt. I mean, he was mm-hmm. one of the top three or four best receivers before he went on his rampage. <laughs> okay, guys, there's no doubt about that. That's never a question of his ability or his talent. It's just more do the Bucks really need that? I mean, you, you have a guy you just franchise tagged who you're saying is a franchise player in Chris Godwin. You have literally a guy breaking records like forever records in Mike Evans. Yeah. You can't just say, okay, well, yeah, just throw him in there. I mean, mm-hmm. he deserve 
to be a targeted guy too. And it's, there's the ball can only go around to so many hands, right? Only so mm. many. So I don't know. I, I mean, it's a wait and see game to me. If he wants to be here, it'll get, get done. It's just like I said, a numbers game. Yeah. You know, I agree with that. I think it's just a matter of time before it gets completed. I, I, you know, they're just, again, they, they do contracts as they go. So that, you know, if they have to make money, you know, that's what they're working on now. And, you know, it just, again, everything is going to be fluid. You're going to see a lot more uh, available guys or the guys that are available. Now they're going to become more cheap as the year goes on because they got to find somewhere to play. So there's going to be options, um, you know, for these guys to pick them up. Hey guys, don't make it seem like we don't want them here. I mean, this offense would be electric. I mean, it already is. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want 60 points a game? (laughs) I I think the bottom line that we're supposed saying is like the bucks are in a great position either way. Like if he doesn't come back, we're okay. If he does come back great, but it's not like, uh, you know, we're panicking or it's something where we have to do it, you know? And then yeah, some someone said Godwin and Evans need an AB to pick up the slack. And there is slack. I'll be so happy when AB signs. <laughs> it would be awesome. Yeah, so it'd probably be exactly sixty points. It, but the thing is, Scotty Miller. What, what's to say they can't? He can't pick up the slack or Tyler Johnson. I mean, yes, AB is a great player. We give him opportunities. Well, let's see what all these other guys can be too. So you can't just. Look what Rojo turned into when you gave him opportunities. Let's see what yeah. Keyshawn Vaughn can be. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. So it's more stuff like that. I mean, Scotty took a huge jump from year one to year two. Imagine Tyler Johnson taking that jump. Imagine Scotty going from two to three. Yeah. Yeah. And, and another point is it looks like they're going to get, you know, an off season this year. So it looks like they're going to be able to actually work out and, you know, get on the field and have practices, have some OTAs, which, you know, a lot of these guys didn't have. So you look at the growth that these people can, you know, produce, you know, especially like Devin White and you look at like Sean Murphy Bunting, all the young guys on defense and then on offense. So, uh, yeah, it's really encouraging. So I think that's why, you know, B.A. talked about Keyshawn Vaughn. He was very excited about him, his ability to take that jump. Um, And same thing with Rojo as well. I think he's got another gear that we haven't seen yet and hopefully he takes it you know, to another level, especially catching the football. Absolutely. The guy's gotten better every year. Mm-hmm. Hands down, he has. Uh, another buck in the news, Mr. Dominican Sue. He spoke today. What do you say? Tampa was always the ultimate goal, says Dominican Sue. I love playing in Coach Bull's defense. So Dominican Sue back, that middle of that defense, powerful, huge, everything you we really wanted back in the front seven. What do you think about Dominic Sue speaking today? Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's great that it's official. I think, you know, what he said made a lot of sense. Uh, he's played really good football in Todd Bowles' defense. He's a big part of it. Um, so him and Vita Vea, you know, together is is quite the force. So, I mean, we we talked about it, be, you know, when the offseason started, it's like, oh, yeah, we need Dominic Sue back. Like, he's the key part, um, him, Shaq Barrett, et cetera. You know, so it, it's just very nice that they got it done. Um, and, uh, can't wait to see him have a really good, hopefully another good year like he did last year and put up great numbers. Yeah. So yeah, guys, it's like, I like talking about scooter and Tyler Johnson and AB conversation. I mean, we can go all night on that one, but let's, let's keep pushing forward. So we wanted to talk about the draft that's coming up. 
you see all of our draft prospect breakdowns. We're pushing as much as we can every every day, it almost feels like. So I hope you guys appreciate that. If you do, hey, give us a like button on the video here. I mean, if you're watching the videos, go ahead and help us out, support the channel. But let's talk about that draft. Let's let's talk about how Mike was saying the first three, possibly four picks could be quarterbacks, all quarterbacks. And how did it come to fruition? Let's take a peek at this. I still can't believe this. So I'm looking at this. Yeah, the Jaguars have the first pick. That's set in stone. Jets second. The Dolphins had the three. And they had it because of Laramie Tunsil trade with the Texans. I still can't believe that. That's <laughs> to me. The Texans don't even have a first round pick. And now, now sits the San Francisco 49ers because they traded all the way up to number three, literally giving away everything to the Dolphins. And then the Dolphins came back up and traded with the Eagles to give the Eagles a whole crap ton of more picks too. Next year is 2022. So I guess plus run down. Mm-hmm. Sees happening. I mean, because number four is the Falcons. You just said, yeah, Matt Ryan, I think he's 37, 38, 37, I believe. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, then I think we get just based on the one year of Tom Brady, enamored by, oh, he's 43. Everyone can do this. Not everyone can do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think some people are maybe seeing that of Matt Ryan. So mm-hmm. the rundown of his top four possible quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, when when you look at it, you look at Jacksonville, obviously they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. You know, that was pretty much locked in, set in stone. Um, and then you look at the Jets, and there were some, you know, maybe thoughts about, you know, continuing with Sam Darnold and, you know, maybe building around him, adding a, a Panay Sewell and, um, you know, building up that offensive line. But, it, you know, they're in, enamored with uh, Zach Wilson, and, and Zach Wilson's a perfect fit for what, you know, the Jets offense wants to do. Again, it's very similar to that Kyle Shanahan type of, you know, play action, bootleg, run heavy, wide zone type of offense where, you know, you can move your quarterback around and, and give him, you know, high percentage throws. So it makes sense for a guy like Zach Wilson to go there. Um, so that looks like your top two picks. And then, Really, you know, number three, Miami wasn't in a position to, you know, it didn't make sense for them to really take a receiver or, or skills, you know, type of position there. Um, so they were pretty much offering that pickup. And, you know, San Francisco's looking to upgrade at quarterback. They want a better fit than maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. And, you know, Jimmy's struggle with injuries. So they felt a need to go up and get past number four and, and get into that third slot so you can get you know, a choice of the best of remaining quarterbacks, whether it be Justin Fields or Mac Jones or Trey Lance. Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see which way they go. Um, a lot of people are saying Trey Lance, which I could see. I think that's a really good fit um, for that scheme. And hmm? the 49ers right now? Yeah, 49ers. I, I think a lot of people are talking about Trey Lance. I mean, again, the other rumor is Mac Jones, but I, I don't know. I mean, Mac Jones might be a better version of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think the upside with Fields or or Lance is much greater just because of the just everything they give you from an athletic standpoint and you know quarterback potential. So, but so you look at those. I mean, and then for uh, Atlanta, I, I don't know what they do. Do you go with Kyle Pitts, who might be the best non-quarterback player in this class? Or do you go with, you know, Panay Sewell? Uh, or do you take a quarterback? So it's really going to be interesting. Really, the draft, I guess, starts at four now. And uh, we just wait and see. But, you know, 
everyone really benefited, I think, from the trades. Miami's set up in a great spot, um, and so is the Eagles. I think they're in a good spot, too, to pick up what they want, you know, whether it be defense or offense. It still crazes to me that the first three possible four could be quarterbacks. It's Yeah, you don't give away that many picks. You don't give away, like, your entire franchise's first for the next three years picks to go and get a wide receiver. So you, you know for sure it's going to be a quarterback. You don't know which one it is. And then there's already the rumors of Jimmy G could be getting traded. They want a first-round pick. We'll see. What's, but I mean. Yeah, they're pretty much moving on from Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, the contract is just too much, and, and they definitely want to see if they can trade him. But I think at the end of the day, they probably release him. Wow. <laughs> what, how the mighty fall, right? You went from mm-hmm. Super Bowl – just like minutes away from winning the Super Bowl too. Now one year of bad of injury, and now you you're done. <laughs> mm-hmm. One year, what it can do to someone. Hell, the Bucks won the Super Bowl one damn year. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Dan Danello, congrats on your Bucks championship. Absolutely, thank you. It's it's everyone's championship right now. I mean, I think if you're a Buck fan, Tom Brady fan, it, you're all happy. Uh, but yeah, the draft starts at four. I hope the Falcons just blow it. This would not be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and any NFC South team we're going to root against, but uh, easily they just need defense to me. I don't think Matt Ryan really needs to be pushed out just yet. They're all worried about quarterback. Where, how old is he? 35. He's not even 36, 35 years old. Mm-hmm. 36 this year. I know he's not Tom Brady. No one is, but uh, come on now. Yeah. I, I think Kyle Pitts makes a lot of sense for Atlanta. I think if, if that's where they want to go, I, that that would be a, a heck of a home run pick. Uh, it makes sense for the new head coach and his two tight end offense, and you can just do a lot of different things with Kyle in there. He'd be disgusting. I don't want him here. <laughs> right, it'd be hard to guard against. You know him and Julio and Calvin Ridley. That's it's very tough. Yeah. Uh, well, it is. So here's one other thing I wanted to say about San Francisco, them going all the way up to number three for a pick. Didn't they just recently sign Josh Rosen to a, a contract? What 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 the hell's going on with that? But why? Yeah, I mean, I mean, they signed him back, but again, again, he's just you know third quarterback option right now, and you know, I he's, think he's just, I think he's just a guy. He really is. He's just a guy right now. I'm I'm being a crybaby. I I honestly want him to sit behind Brady forever and just learn. <laughs> I I don't think the Bucks saw enough in him to you know, keep them on the books. Obviously if they did, they would have kept them. So we let Cam Brady go and then sign him back. So look how <laughs> that was within a week. <laughs> we let him go though. That's all it is. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I guess different position. Absolutely. Yeah. But, I don't know, but that's the quarterback position. Don't worry about it right now, but eventually we do need to draft a successor. You don't know how long Brady wants to do this. Well, let's let's go on to actually some other Bucks questions here. So, Chris, mm-hmm. he asked, we should draft O line and D line. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's something you have to do every year. Um, it's something you should do. You know, every draft and invest in your lines, and you know that's how you build depth. Um, so it's very important to continue to add to you know the trenches. So I, I think if you listen to our channel, we always say this: like build through the big fat guys up front. Front to back, don't, not the other way around. There's a reason why our front seven is that important. How Vita Vea is, I think we stress that every 
every live stream, every video we kind of make, we kind of touch on why V2V is so important. So, yes, we agree fully. O-line, D-line is where it's at. To me, it matters who's there. I mean, so looking at it with our pick number 32, no one can give you a wild guess of what it's going to be. You don't know who's going to be there. All you know is that the Bucks are in the greatest opportunistic, opportunistic just chance mm. being able to draft anyone they want, best player available, because they have just about everything filled. They have all starters back. Do, do we find like a special player like we mentioned earlier, like a Rondell Moore that falls there? Or we? Tra- I honestly think we trade back, but best player available could be anything. It doesn't have to be an edge rusher. It doesn't have to be a defensive tackle. It could be a, a crazy piece that we just don't have yet. A receiver that can play running back that can get little dumps here and there and can eventually groom into someone. And we don't sign back Antonio Brown. Don't tell Prushby. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it, you never know. I mean, you just never know. Oh, actually, before we Cannon Fire podcast is in the in the comments section, and he's there with me. I'm with you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, you know. we'll see. I mean, let's go ahead and address what I. Blabble. No, I mean, yeah, as far as the draft goes, again, the Bucks are in a great position. You know, Bruce Arians talked about it, how he wants to, you know, add more speed to this team. He wants to build up the O-line and D-line depth, and he's looking for a, you know, potential quarterback as well. So uh, it's uh, very intriguing. They, you know, so they can really go any way they want. Uh, you know, first round, I think all options are on the table. You go any position. You could trade up. You could trade down. Um, you could go linebacker, corner. You know, all these positions are available um, and on the table. So uh, it's a great position to be in. Uh, I think I said that quite often <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. So, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be really fun. It's, it's, it's a process that we can really, as fans, just sit back and, and really enjoy the draft. Like, really no reason to get upset or, you know, anything of that nature during this draft, you know, cause you know, Jason light, he's going to get a very solid player regardless. Um, a, a guy that loves football. We know that is going to come in here and he's going to be a, a, a player that can, you know, either contribute or contribute, you know, down the line, you know, so that's going to be, it's going to be fun to see his kind of approach. If he's going to take more, you know, special talents that maybe not, you know, they're not ready right now, but could be superstars in two years from now. So that that's going to be fun to see. So, I mean, that brings me to this. So I know there's a whole bunch of other topics up here saying trade down stuff. We'll get to that. But mm. this brings me up to a good point. You just mentioned like drafting a talent that can eventually take over and do something. So Rush P said we should get another Devin White. So there are talents out there at the linebacker position that are just freaks that are running speeds that big guys shouldn't be running. I mean, Jamin Davis out of Kentucky, mm-hmm. freak, freak of nature. Like, I mean, if Jason Owe doesn't do that, that's Jamin Davis. Like, insane. Uh, that size, you can move that fast. Uh, the other one is Zavin Collins, mm-hmm. also a linebacker. Humongous. He's like 260 pounds running four, five, six. Yeah. Something more to that. Like, Guys like that, but this guy can cover too. He's like the today's age linebacker, massive mm. back in the coverage. And we got these guys coming out. Don't worry, guys. We'll, we'll touch on them later. And my favorite, that is a Devin White clone, it seems. A lot skinnier, though, is uh, Cam McGrone out of Michigan. He's another mm. one. Blitzer. can use him. A-gap blitzes all the time. Green dog blitzes. 
use them how you may. And those could all be in like second round possibly. So another reason why I almost want to trade back, that kind of brings me back over to chill will over here, trade down question mark. So do you stay at 32 or do you trade down? I think we've just like, a well, you know, once. you know, I've always been a, a proponent of trading down. I think it's very wise, especially when you can add, you know, more picks and in, in day two, I think day two is like the money rounds. I mean, that's where you can really find solid football players. It really builds your team. I mean, you look at most of our team, you look at a lot of the solid players that we have, they're all day two picks, you know, second rounders, third rounders, you know, so I'm all for if you, if you can, you know, trade back a few spots and still get a, you know, a solid football player that you felt, you know, was going to be there early in the second round. Yeah, go for that. And then it gives you more flexibility, you know, to move up if you want to go up and, and go get someone that's falling or, you know, you know, say like a, a Landon Dickerson, who I, I love. I, I, I'm i going to pound the table for him. I, I am. I know. I know he has his injury history, but man, he's a good football player when he's on the field. And, um, you know, if he's a guy that's there, you know, late second round and you want to trade up and go get that guy, I'm, I'm all for that. Um, so. Yeah, there's there's just so many options. And even like Elijah Moore, like if Elijah Moore, you know, starts to fall, um, you know, maybe you go do that or, you know, there's a lot of possibilities. If we draft him, you're going to lose your damn mind. Oh, but- yeah. I'm going to have an Antoine Winfield reaction. It's going to go crazy. I might go outside this time and run around the, the neighborhood. <laughs> Keep your clothes on, though. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no streaking, no, nothing to the quad or the gymnasium. We got it social distance too so <laughs> we'll keep going on let's talk about our our sponsor today symbol the stock market of sports if you guys haven't seen us talk about this just yet get into this it's fun it's cool what is it how it works find your favorite teams a la the Tampa Bay Buccaneers if you're an NFC South opponent I'm sorry uh you earn win payouts so if the Bucks win or your favorite team wins you get 50 cents per share that you have it's a cool little way of kind of getting your emotional attachment to that team and then earning as of money from it, you're just throwing money into a team and it comes in and then you can trade them like stocks. It's fun. It's entertaining. I mean, the crazy world we're living in with cryptocurrency and all that type of stuff. I mean, this is kind of what it is. It's similar to it. And then you if you want a little bit more information about it, just hit that play button and on YouTube, it'll give you a little bit more rundown. I have, I just don't want to show you what I have right now, but it's cool. If you want to sign up to link below, it should be below. If it's not, we'll get it down there later. Other than that, let's keep talking some Buccaneer football. And well, help. also, guys, uh, speaking of symbol, be sure to use our promo code uh, Real Bucks Talk when you sign up. Uh, it helps us out, and also, I believe it, it helps the the fans. I think they get some type of uh, benefit from it if they use our promo code. So, yeah, go ahead and use that. I think we'll have to get the link up. We'll put the link up on our social media pages, um, so we have that there. Yeah. I'm not sure if it's in our YouTube uh, description, but yeah, we'll get the link to our social media, um, whether it be Facebook group or, or our Twitter accounts. Yeah, but it's a cool, cool concept. Cool. I mean, just once you get into it, it's fun, but uh, let's keep talking some Bucks football. So some other questions. Oh, Bud campus, 24 days to go. There you go, man. It's, it's coming. It's right around the corner. It's crazy. Uh, and then Danny Danilo, since James White isn't coming, Bucks definitely should prioritize getting a very good pass catching back. The offense will low. 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we talked about that, Danny, actually our late, one of our latest draft videos, we uh, go over Demetric Felton out of UCLA. We feel like he, he could be, you know, maybe the best pass catching running back in this class. And so definitely check out that video, Danny, um, if you're looking for maybe a potential match for the bucks, you know, maybe late third round or, you know, early uh, day three, he's a guy that they could target. Yeah, I think another thing we always talk about, we don't value running backs high at all, especially not first round. If a guy like Najee Harris is there, I would debate it. Mm. Special talent, I just don't see him being there. That's why people say, what about a running back? I'm like, yeah, if one of those top guys are there. Yeah. But they're not going to be there, and I wouldn't reach, even for North Carolina's, was it Javante Williams? Mm -hmm. do it. I mean, yeah, go lower. I mean, you still got Rojo, Keyshawn Vaughn, if all we need is a pass catcher, go for a little talent like Dimitri uh, Dalton that you can get later. Right. And he can also be a benefit, you know, to your special teams. He can do returning. So I think that's something they're looking for. They definitely want to upgrade uh, the special teams unit this year. I mean, that's, that's the only area you can kind of think of. Like, they don't have a for sure starter, right? Yeah. So, and Jason Light always finds ways to draft starters. I've been saying this for years. It's like, don't look at it as okay. This guy's, this guy isn't as good as this guy. No, he's every year he drafts like two or three starters. I mean, Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield, immediate breakout type players, like huge contributors. Bang bang, <laughs> it's just crazy. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people saying offensive line, defensive line, defensive mm -hmm. end. Tom, I want us to draft O line. We haven't done many O line videos. We need to. I mean, that's something we need to get on. Uh, Jake Denning said, Bucks need to add depth on the O-line and D-line. Again, there it is. They should grab the best available at either, either position. I'll be sad if they pull Chiefs and draft a running back because they were cocky about Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? No, I, I agree with that, what everyone's saying. It, you know, that's you know that's what wins football games. It's about being deep at O-line and uh, defensive line for sure, you know, especially – like people have said, if you have injuries, you, you want to have people who can step in, like, you know, having Aaron Stinney, you know, stepping in for capital last year, that was, that was big, you know, having a Joe Haig who could play, you know, multiple positions, you know, so stuff like that. Yeah. You know, I definitely need to. And, and I think, yeah, we're definitely going to add some more O-line videos. Um, we got some guys that we think could be potential steals, especially on day three. Uh, and there's also some interior players that make a lot of sense. Um, you know, day two late, I think, uh, you know, the Bucks will be looking at, they're always looking at those division three guys. Um, you know, you look at the guy from Whitewater, Wisconsin. Um, I think that's a guy that they'll, they'll focus in on. I think it's um, Miners is his last name, Quinnen Miners. So that could be a Jason like pick, you know, how he likes those small school guys. So um, David Moore, I think is another one from Grambling. So uh, those are some, some people to look out for. Yeah, so we need to do a little bit more research on the offensive linemen just to show you guys mm -hmm. what, what this class is. I mean, Stone Forsyth, that's a big oh, name. Goodness. I love him, yeah. Just the name itself, Stone. Stone. Yeah. <laughs> He's a stone wall. 6'9", right? 6'8", six, six, 315, Florida Gator. What, what, what else could you ask for, right? <laughs> but uh, Jake, Jake's got some good points here. I mean, he's mentioning it's a 17-game season. We need more mm -hmm. depth along the lines. I fully agree with that. Uh, then he mentions Tevin Jenkins. Oh man, that would be a steal. That'd be a steal at 32. I'm not sure he makes it at 32 because there's a lot of you know 
there's a lot of demand for offensive tackles and Tevin's one of the meanest offensive linemen in this class. I mean, he punishes guys very physical. He would fit our mold perfectly. Um, yeah, that'd be fun. It'd be great. I mean, I think every Buck fan would like it because all the hate for Donovan Smith. They're like, oh, good. Now we got to replace him. Get him out of here. It's not that simple. <laughs> I mean, or people say, oh, move him over to guard. I, he's not going to just move over to guard. He, he's yeah. a left tackle on a Super Bowl championship winning team. On team, It's not like he was terrible on the, on the whole playoff run. He was actually really good. It's just Buck fans think he's the, always the cause of a sack. I, <laughs> I don't know why. Because uh, he is. No, no he's not. Okay. <laughs> so – this is some a debate plus and I've had before. So offensive line, if you took it at 32, yes, you're getting getting extra depth, you're getting the Joe Haig position. Technically, yeah, we did run that jumbo set a lot. I could honestly see it being like a sixth offensive lineman. Hmm. To me, I'm like, do do you warrant an extra lineman to, for a jumbo specialty? package as a as your first round pick just for looking future i mean jason light did mention that i mean we don't mm-hmm. necessarily draft for now it could be for down the future yeah i mean give your take on like why you think it is a good important selection for O-line. well i i think it's always again like the people are saying in the chat it's always good to you know invest into that group um no it doesn't have to be round one um you know it's you got some depth to it in this class. There is some prospects that you could get later, but you know, if you could get a quality, you know, potential future starter, I, I wouldn't have any problem with it. Again, it brings competition. Uh, and you know, you add, you add a piece that could be, you know, a future starter because you might lose an Alex Kappa or you might lose um, a Ryan Jensen or, you know, Donovan Smith, I, I know he just re-signed, so he's not going anywhere. I don't think he's going to be – he's going to be your left tackle until Tom Brady retires pretty much. Mm-hmm. Um, right tackle is pretty much set. Ali Marpet's really not going anywhere. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess it just depends, and that's why I, I guess I'm bigger on a, a Landon Dickerson at potentially 32, and I know you say, okay, he's going to fall because of the injuries, and that could be the case, but I just feel like his – his personality, his demeanor, his, his character, um, what he's been through. I, I think that'd be a home run pick. Um, and the same with Tevin Jenkins. I know they've talked with Tevin Jenkins, the Buccaneers have. So, um, you know, there, there might be some interest, but yeah, I, I, I agree with your point. Again, it's a position where, yeah, he might not play a lot in his first year. Um, and we might have that this year again, because this team is very deep and it's loaded. I mean, you have a lot of talented players and there's not room, you know, usually we're drafting and we have an obvious spot where they're okay. This guy's going to take the starting role right away. Um, you know, that was the case last year with Tristan worse, you know, we knew he was going to be the guy. Um, so, you know, it, it's just, it's just something to play out. So my thing is like, you can kind of say, how Kappa got hurt, he didn't play in the Super Bowl, Aaron Sidney steps in. So a situation like that, like what if yeah, Diamond Smith did go out for right. a while? You have a possible option. Yeah, because Joe Haig was not it. <laughs> no. Not it. And, right. and that's the benefit of being in this position. You can draft guys where you can add very quality depth where 
you can just let them sit back, develop, take their time. And, you know, maybe in three years from now, they're a hell of a player and, uh, and they're starting for your team because you have to let go of certain guys because of calorie, you know, salary cap. So it's just playing that game again. It's, it's one eye on now and it's, you know, two eyes on down the road. Um, you know, so, and that's why I think like, can't rule out like cornerback position because if they find, you know, let's say they, they really like Caleb Farley and he falls to 32 because of the back situation. And let's say the doctors check out the back and everything looks good. He's going to make a full recovery. That'd be a hell of a pick at 32. And you have a potential replacement if Carlton Davis decides to leave, or you just have a potential upgrade over a Sean Murphy bunting or Jamel Dean. And uh, it, it could be, you know, something very special. It's, yeah, it is. Again, so at 32, it's so hard to predict. We're just making scenarios of what what it would be. Like, would you be mm-hmm. mad if this was the selection? Or like, There's going to be a guy that falls, and it's like, why is he here? Like, why? <laughs> you know? I, I would not trade up. I, I would do the Tristan Worth scenario. Let me just trade up one spot. <laughs> but, I mean – it's it's the scenarios of offensive linemen. How would you feel? I, I, yeah, this is a situation where seventeen games, you could have an injury. You have a that rookie step in in a guard center position. Whatever happens, what have you? You have extra linemen. Defensive line, I would do the same thing. If one of the best defensive tackles are there, I would almost do it. But I think, again, I'm, I always say this, and it always bites me in the butt. The positional value of how we view a defensive tackle in this defense or a nose tackle or just a a run stuffer, I think you can get better value bang for your buck later in the draft. Like Bobby Brown's like Mm. Shelvin's like guys like that. that just occupy space. I mean, you don't need to do that first round. So I don't, I don't think that necessarily needs to go there, but you never know. Like you said, you don't, you can't predict who's going to be there. Who's not, but damn, it sure is fun to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's get, oh, Tom said an offensive lineman that can catch. Here's <laughs> another question. So, do you guys think that the Bucks will keep Gronk? I don't know. Right, SP. He spelled it wrong. It's okay. Great, I think. Yeah, oh, oh, that's what. Great. <laughs> and the injured guy that's returning. His name is escaping. Yeah, OJ. Oh, yeah. You think Mall? Yeah, all right now. There's no. Yeah, I mean, salary thing going on right now. Yeah, I mean, they did it. I thought, you know, Bray was going to be cut. You know, I thought he was going to be the first guy out. But it really just depends, like, when they need salary cap. If, you know, if something comes up where they need the cap room, then maybe, you know, he's out the door. But right now, I think he's on the team and just uh, play it by ear. Um, you know, obviously, OJ and I think Gronk will be here. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be very interesting to see what they do with the tight end position. That's for sure. I mean, you- Better not draft one. I'll say that. <laughs> hey, you never know. You never know. Please don't draft a damn tight end. You, you never know. Uh, Again, if they see an upgrade, they're going to go after it. EPA. Yep. <laughs> Obviously, I'm not going to mention it. I mean, Tanner Hudson's no guarantee. Um, they didn't bring back Anthony Auclair yet. They don't have um, – I don't know if the Balcaroy kid's still on the roster or not, but – Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, – Wait and see. And again, break. Who knows? You never know. It, they're, they're on the roster right now as of, as of now. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not going to cut break just to bring back AB, guys. I know. Everyone- <laughs> <laughs> well, that would make, what's his name? Podge P. That would make him so happy. 
be on top of the world. It'd be like you if Landon Dickerson got drafted. Oh man. Right? Don't tease don't tease me now. Don't tease me. I'm so excited. <laughs> so, uh, let, let's keep going on. So where was I just literally saw it? Uh that's cool. Someone was in class with Brady in college. That's pretty cool. Oh really? At Stanford? Yeah. yeah. Really? No, Harvard. Harvard, Harvard. Even better. <laughs> right. Uh COVID man said edge rush depth is the most important for the first round. Do you agree or do you disagree? Most I mean, obviously you want edge rush depth, but you know, I I wouldn't say um, you know, don't don't pigeonhole yourself. Don't say, oh, we gotta take an edge defender in round one. Um, you know, make sure the pick makes sense for you and make sure it's the best, you know, best thing for your team. Um again, the edge class is not great this year. I think it's average. There's a lot of high potential possibilities with the prospects, but again, there's no clear cut. Well, I mean, there's one clear cut, but again, there's question marks surrounding every prospect. Um, so it's just kind of a roll of a roll of the dice with the edge class this year and hope, you know, hope for the best. Well, let's get a, a couple names in the chat. So guys, mm-hmm. if, if there's a guy you really like in this draft, like who, who is it? Who is your favorite defensive end? Who's your favorite edge rusher? You're like, damn, I hope the bucks can get him. Yeah, because, who, are you, who are you pounding the table for? Because to be um, honest, I mean, all of them could potentially be there because we think um, Phillips is the easily the top of the class, Jalen Phillips. Yeah, I think Phillips is tier above. So if he – the thing is, but he could potentially be, be there because of concussions, because of life after football, stuff like that. Like, you don't know. What is his commitment level? People will take a risk, but – because of Gronk's history with concussions, they, they can be out immediately or Luke Heakley concussions immediately and in, in their prime. And a guy that's already had like three and he got, he quit football because of it. it you're not going to really be like, that's my guy. Boom. <laughs> but like, let's get, let's get some names in the chat. So Bud Campbell's mm-hmm. Joe Tryon, yeah, said Jason Owe. You know, what's funny is that both those guys could possibly be there. Mm-hmm. Owe, given his athletic freak of nature self, Probably won't because people will be like, oh, I can mold this. It's to me, it's like, how can you get zero set? <laughs> I know it was only what, like six or seven games, but not one. And it's not like they triple teamed them. So I don't know. And they have five when they had a gross matos on the other side, the Panthers then mm-hmm. just five. It, it's, it's scra- head scratching. I don't know. But Joe Tryon, I really like. We, I think you saw our, or film study on Joe Tryon, we really like Joe Tryon, especially if he could be had second round. Holy hell. Yeah, no, I agree with those takes. I, I'm a big fan of Tryon. I think he's a good fit for what we we like to do. He can play five tech or he can play that, you know, edge, you know, standing up type of, you know, defensive end um, that Todd Bowles covets. Uh, Jason Owe would be, I mean, he's, he'd be a project, but man, he's got a lot of traits that you could work with. Again, he's got all the athletic gifts that you want. It's just about coaching him up and, and seeing how his skill set, you know, comes together from a pass rush plan. That's really all he's missing. It's just a pass rush plan. If he can figure that out and, and understand how to rush the quarterback, he could be something really good. I think, you know, kind of, it's the same thing with uh, uh quitty uh, pay, um, you know, from Michigan, he's kind of similar thing, but I mean, when he, 
goes after the quarterback and is unleashed. He at least has that ability to churn the corner and make some things happen. Uh, but he could be a little bit better from an inside counter standpoint. Uh, and it, it kind of goes the same with, uh, you know, you look at Ronnie Perkins, you know, another guy we looked at, um, not as athletic, a little more stiff in the hips, but he has some abilities from a pass rush plan where he can win and, and has shown he can win. Uh, you know, Joseph Asai, I think, makes a lot of sense too at 32. If, you know, I think he'd be cool just because of his, you know, athletic traits and upside as well. He hasn't played a lot of football, so he could be something special down the line. I mean, there's there's no complete package, really. I mean, I would say Quiddy Pay is probably the closest to it or Jalen Phillips. Well, I mean, there it shouldn't be there when we get, when we, yeah. But they, and I forgot Aziz Ojolari. I mean, that guy is just a technical, like, he's probably the most polished, I think, out of the, out of the whole, you know, one of the most po- po- more polished. I'll say he has a lot of tools to use. Yeah. Long yeah. arms. He still only has like one move, truly. Right. But he's athletically enough, he can probably do anything. Mm. I think, yeah, Phillips easily has the most moves. We showed like every move there is for an edge rusher, inside counter, spin move. Bull rush. He did it all. So it's it's cool to see him put it on display. And then you see these other guys, and they're kind of doing the same stuff over and over. That's why mm. head and shoulders, he was number one on our board. But yeah, yeah Joe Tryon, Jake, try, check it out. Joe Tryon, he really is pretty good. He didn't play this this year, so you're not really hearing of him. But yeah, he's kind of a one a one year wonder kind of thing. Um, you know, only really had a he had a great year in 2019. Fortunately, sat out last year. But yeah, definitely check it out. Um, but yeah, it's a very interesting edge group. Um, and there's, there's more guys later in the draft that we really haven't, you know, talked about or looked into yet. You know, Peyton Turner is one name that is, you know, generating buzz. And then there's the guys from FSU that, you know, could be something. So there's, there's a lot of different, um, different possibilities. Patrick Jones has kind of fallen off the radar. He could be a day three guy now. So, you know, yeah, Jake's, Dick Dennings asking Phillips already retired because of concussions. Yes, he did. And he came back to Miami, played one year, went off the chain, and literally showed everything all over again. And now he's one of the top prospects in, in the draft. He could fall, yes, because of the injury history. That's why we kind of mentioned mm-hmm. that. It's crazy. Crazy to think. Uh, but I, I want to move over to defensive tackle just because a lot of people are talking about how you're supposed to build through up front, line, mm-hmm. D-line. Well, yeah, you mentioned edge of in a man, but defensive line, the, our premise from our defensive scheme is open up the A-gaps. So Vita Vea and Dominican Sue, they occupy those guys so that Devin White and Avante David can fly in those huge gaps, stop the run. That's why we really value that position so highly. I really think we need to draft the successor of Sue, Sue this year. We don't have it. Can't tell me Khalil Davis is it. You just can't. And Nacho did all right in that position. Did an okay job filling in for Vita Vea, but I don't know if he's that that guy. So that's my biggest thing. I think I touched on it earlier. We can kind of take that a little bit later in the draft. Because to me, in the first round or high second round, I don't think there's a guy there. What is your take on that? Yeah, defensive tackle class is very weak this year. Uh, I wouldn't spend a... I would probably wouldn't spend a first or second round pick on a defense tackle. 
maybe third round just because it's at the end of third round and you're pretty much round four at that point. Um, the, you know, the, the guy I would take the highest is probably Bobby Brown and that would be round three. And then I'm looking day three, I'm looking at like Tyler Shelvin. I'm looking at, um, Tonga out of BYU. Um, you know, really guys that, you know, uh, Aleem McNeil, maybe, uh, you know, that's another one that could be that, you know, guy that could pick up blockers. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I, I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't take him at 32. Marvin Wilson, I think, would be someone that could have potential upside. Uh, but again, all these guys, I would take them either third round or later. I wouldn't take them in the top two rounds if it's me. Um, you know, it's just, it's just a class that really shouldn't prioritize high, um, especially in our scheme. Again, it's a day three pick that I think you could have a lot of success with because it's a guy that just needs to eat up blocks and, and you know, free things up for other people. I don't know. I, I would value Bobby Brown, Marvy, Marvin Wilson pretty highly. I, mean, I would at least third round grade to me. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. I said third round. I said, you know, yeah, if you could take him in the third round, I'd, I'd be okay with that. But I wouldn't take him any sooner. You know, maybe second round because you're at 64 and that's pretty much a third round pick. Uh, maybe you trade back a couple of spots picking up you know, an extra fourth and you take a Marvin Wilson or, uh, you know, Bobby Brown in that scenario or hell, you know, take a Kellen Mond and then, you know, trade up and, and get one of those guys. Possibilities are endless, but I know when saw this, the break comment, I was in class with Brayton college. He was a nice guy, but he would look at our classmates and rub his belly. I don't know what that means. <laughs> he also drank thousand Island dressing out of a red solo cup in the back of the class. That's disgusting. Yeah. I'm not sure how true that is. I don't know. I, that is disgusting, but if he did, I guarantee yeah. you because he's trying to keep his weight up. Get this <laughs> he's yeah. still skinny. Dude probably just couldn't gain weight. I don't know if that's yeah. true, but it is hilarious if it hilarious if it is. Uh let's keep going. <laughs> Tom has at least another 10 years left in him. Yeah, I hope 10 years. That's a, that's a long time. I mean, with a TB12 and the way he only looks like 28 years old, I wouldn't put it past him. So be a hell, hell of a, he'd be like, uh, I don't know, those movies where like Joe Montana's playing forever or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's, this is a cool little tidbit I heard. So one of my patients, I think it was Friday, said this, that uh, I guess her husband goes to the TB12 method thing and she saw Alex Guerrero there. And she was asking him, or the husband was asking him, so with Tom Brady, how much does he really value his body? And like, how much work does he really put in? And I guess Guerrero was told him that he literally works on Brady during the season three times a day. Mm. I don't know if that's in a book or something, but three times a day. And it's like using an hour, hour and a half sessions. Picture That's like four, four and a half hours of your day. You're just laying down, getting worked on. So you, you, you hear about LeBron spending what a million or whatever on his body alone, but he's easily doing that or more. That's why yeah. he's getting the ability to play 10 more years or I mean, it's a joke, but mm. 43 damn years old, still kicking, yep. playing with the best. It's insane to me. I imagine that like the attention to detail. Oh, warm me up first. Now let's go. I mean, it's <laughs> all the damn time. Uh, let's keep going on. I, that was just a cool little thing. I, I couldn't believe, uh, but cannibal said, I still want to see what Khalil can do. Like, uh, didn't have much of a chance. Well, it's still just one year. I mean, small sample, mm -hmm. but yeah, what's your take on Khalil? 
Yeah, I, I think he just needs uh, again. It'll be good for him to have an off season uh, again. He didn't have an off season um, last year, and I think that development, you know, is critical for his success. You know, maybe he puts on, you know, gets a little bit more weight to his body um, and gets in a little bit, you know, maybe a little more leaner. I don't know how he wants to pr- approach it, but you know, I think if he could put on some more pounds, get some more strength added. Um, to help him and run support, I think he could be maybe something because he can really. I, I think he's got ability to rush the passer. I think that's where they like to use him, especially as a specialist on third down and get a little more speed. You know, obviously he's he's an athletic guy, so um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him get more opportunities. How many opportunities did he have? It all of one tackle. <laughs> <laughs> that was a big tackle, right? right? That was a big tackle. So I mean, the true reason. He got drafted at four seven five forty. He got athletically six one three hundred pounder running that fast as a defensive lineman. That's pretty valuable. How did they use him? He did get pressures. Let's be honest. That the first Chiefs game, he did get a lot of pressures in there. They were doing a lot of stunts inside. He may have not gotten credit for it, but I did see it. I did see a lot of him getting pass rush ability. Uh, could that become something more? Say if he does gain another ten pounds. And he keeps that speed and quickness. I mean, maybe we got something. Mm-hmm. It's just that six one height. It's just kind of tough. I think he's more of a specialty guy instead of a every down type of player. That's why I kind of yeah. worry about that. But I mean, that's that's why we value Bobby Brown or Marvin Wilson, bigger guys like that that can occupy space and still keep getting after the passer. So we also have film studies on them. Go check them out if you want to. And also give us a like button on there. It always helps the channel. Uh, let's keep going on. So, Covina Man back again. I would love a quarterback in the second round to learn under B.A. and Brady. Do you high plus or do you do you think it's a good spot? Uh, I mean, it's a possibility. I mean, if they really like Kellen Mond or David Mills, I think, you know, those are two guys they could really look at. Um, you know, I'm not sure they'll go Kyle Trask. I don't know if he's uh, kind of the guy they're looking for just because of the the arm strength uh, question mark, but you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when, if they do decide to take a quarterback, um, you know, BA was hinting that, you know, they're definitely looking at that option. Oh, so I messed this up earlier in the, I saw it, but I didn't touch it. Campfire podcast are probably not in the chat anymore. He probably left. <laughs> yeah, what's up guys, you like Jamie New- Newman at all in the later rounds. What do you think He's- about He's interesting. I mean, uh, he had pretty good, you know, decent tape at Wake Forest for that one year. And then I, he transferred to Georgia and then he decided to, you know, sit out. So he's been out of football for, you know, almost two years. But yeah, he'd be someone that could be sneaky, you know, as a sneaky late round pick. Um, he's got the size and he's got some mobility. He's got the arm strength. So yeah, definitely an interesting prospect. This is my take. Hell of an arm on him. One hell of an arm. 6'4", 230. He had a bad pro day. So everyone's the last thing they saw on him. Oh, he's trashy. <laughs> Not good. But he did, like you said, he had some good numbers at Wake Forest. I was anxious to see what his potential was when he transferred to Georgia. Because I believe uh, Todd Munkin was going to be the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. What Jimmy Newman does well, throw the ball deep. And that's one thing that's all the Bucks do is throw the ball deep. Yeah, so, he was he was supposed to take over for uh, Jake Fromm, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, six four two thirty. Let's see, what was his numbers at? 
Wake Forest, if I can check that up really fast. He had 2,800 yards. Uh, 2,800 yards, 26 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Yeah. That's, that's pretty solid, you know, especially for a Wake Forest team that, you know, usually doesn't have a lot of talent, you know, around them. So that's pretty good. 60% completion percentage. So, I mean, that's that's kind of low. Never was over – that was the first year over 60%. Mm. Uh, it's, uh, that's, that's a big thing to kind of look at, though. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, you know, you look at his accuracy numbers, probably have to look at his charts and – see okay was his receivers dropping footballs or you know or was he just getting pressured and you know so there's a lot of questions there but yeah he definitely has some upside that definitely worth taking a flyer on i mean so that's that's my point though like tom munkin deep developing routes i wanted to see that because especially if a guy can throw the ball pretty touch like that and zing it in there pretty sure ba would like that uh but then again Everyone thought Brady and his arm strength, oh, he's not going to make it in this offense. And look what's happening. Pure bliss. Okay. So, yeah. Put up the best numbers in a BA offense ever. So, but the first year, they always suck. <laughs> yeah. Which oh, later. Crazy. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, it, it would be very interesting. I mean, that is a, a guy you could develop, hopefully sit behind and learn. 6'4, 230. Big boy. Um, let's keep going on. Uh, let's see if we want to take a wide receiver late in the draft. I like Jalen Darden. Is that that really tall guy? No, he, he's a little shifty. Yeah. He can, uh, he can do returns and, um, pretty good speed. He's from, I think North Texas, I want to say, but yeah, um, he'd be an interesting pick for sure. So flash Gordon. Yeah. You, we, we saw, we talked about that trade, the Panthers, Trade for Sam Darnold. Now he's in the mm. NFC South. Poor guy. Todd Bulls drafted him his first year, then he got fired. So boom, boom. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we also touched. We touched on some of the other trades that have gone down in the past couple weeks. We, you know, we talked about the the Niners and the Dolphins trades. So, um, kind of just touched. You know, what's going on the latest as far as this draft is shaping up to be. Looks like it's going to be a heavy quarterback. You know, picks early, so it'll be very. Uh, Get your popcorn ready. Right. We may not, may not even be in the first round. We may trade back. You never know. <laughs> uh, but other than that, guys, that's our hour. I think we're going to call it right now. Thank you for always being active in the chat. Always fun. I mean, every Monday, this is, and now this is our new. It's going to be a 9 p.m. start. I know it may be a little late for some people, but I thought this was kind of fun. It was entertaining. Mm-hmm. We're all ready for this draft, and there's a lot more film studies coming out. If you guys want different ones, Hit us up in the chat, comment who you want, or even in the community tab. And just give us a little answer who you want. Other than that, I'll send it out to Pless, and let's go. Yeah, uh, again, what Mark said, thank you so much. Thank you for the you know 24 to 26 people that we had in here. Uh, much appreciated, especially with uh, the college basketball championship on right now. So I know a lot of people probably watching that. Um, but, yeah, again, thank you for the support. Be sure to hit that like button, subscribe if you haven't already. Um, And again, thank you. Uh, We'll see you at the next one and go Bucks.